0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. This is episode number 249. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me this week, the guru of RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com, Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? I'm pretty good. I I, I know what we're going to talk about, and I'm pretty excited. So, uh,
1: I don't want to I don't want to give any spoilers away because you know we want everybody to keep listening. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good
0: right now. I'm feeling pretty good as well. And if you're also feeling good, why don't you go uh, leave us a rating or review at iTunes or Apple Podcasts? Um, really helps us to get a uh, reviews over there. But only if they're five star reviews. If they're not five stars, um, as we say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. The next little bit here, Doug and I are not going to keep our mouths shut. I want to begin though with the uh, the big news that we had an emergency podcast about this week, and uh, and that's the the trade that the, in which the Reds acquired Sonny Gray. Now, if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, you do want to go back and listen to me and Jason Linden unpacking that trade, giving our initial reactions to it, and and talking about what what it does for the Reds uh, going forward. Uh, but I hadn't had a chance to talk to you about it, Doug. And we've had a few days since the trade to kind of let it settle in a little bit. And uh, I know you weren't particularly high on Sonny Gray uh, ahead of the trade. But what were your thoughts about the the trade? Of course, the Reds uh, traded Shed Long, who ended up going to the Mariners, but Shed Long and a compensation pick uh, in exchange for 29-year-old right-hander Sonny Gray. Doug, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, they all the Reds also got a left-handed pitching prospect. Let's oh. let's not let's not forget. Reaver San Martin, who's a really interesting.
0: Uh, I saw Dick Williams call it like more of an analytics play. Uh, really interesting numbers, even though he's only made it to, to double A, I guess. But um, possible. Uh, let's talk about him first because you're the minor league guy. Quickly, you like this guy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean he's he, he's a guy who I mean I think there's a chance he could be like a loogie kind of pitcher. Uh, you know the stuff doesn't really jump out yet at you. Throws a ton of strikes. Decent enough stuff. Absolutely dominates left handed hitters. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned he, he reached Double A, but between his time in Double A and his time in Advanced A, we're talking three games. Yeah. So really, he's a he's a low A ball pitcher at this point.
0: But he's he's a guy that has a chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's probably a long shot, but he's not nothing. Like it, it's not like they got the quote unquote bag of baseballs. He, he's definitely more valuable than that. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's not going to be somebody you're going to see pop up on the Reds, you know, top twenty five, top thirty prospect list either at this point.
0: All right, and and of course, he was not the centerpiece of this trade either, was he?
1: No no, no, you know he was not. Uh, that, that was uh, sunny gray and I'm sure that people that are listening to me right now are going to be like, Doug, you you were losing your mind for three or four days in a row saying don't overpay for sunny gray. you know definitely don't give up shed long for sunny gray and people you're right. I was doing that. but I also felt that I plainly stated that if it was only sunny gray, then don't do that. And at the time, that that's what it seemed like. Right. And yeah, technically, I mean, it was just Sunny Gray and a, you know, a, a, a low-level prospect. But the extension changed everything. Yes, thank you. Like when, when you when you get those extra three years, maybe a fourth year if you choose, that's a very big difference than one year of Sunny Gray. And yeah, I was gonna have to
0: talk myself into that uh, one year of Sunny Gray, for Shedlong and that pick. Oh man, that's tough. But when you start talking three years plus another player. Uh, it, it makes a lot more sense, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, it does, and it and it wasn't just that it was three or four years; it was the price of those three and four years too. Now, right. I, I we're in some weird, weird free agent market where teams are doing—I don't—I don't, I don't even know what's going on, Chad. I have no idea. And so, you know, the finances in two years might look a lot different than they look right now. But right now, it seems like these are very good prices for what Sunny Gray is. Um, you know, as you said, you know, I wasn't the highest guy on Sunny Gray. I didn't think he was bad. Uh, I just didn't think he was necessarily good. I thought there was upside there, but I didn't want to pay for that upside given what he did do last year. Uh, you know, I think that you know his ERA definitely needs to rebound from where it was last year at four point nine zero. Um, if if you're going to get some value out of this, now of course, I mean I, I know that you and Jason talked about it. I think we can all see where that's a a decent possibility to happen. Um, it's not a guarantee, a, but that's a. You know, no, I mean but but you don't have to squint very hard to see a, a good improvement from Sonny Gray right. based on what we do know about Sonny Gray. Um so I, I, I like the trade. Um you know, having him locked in for the next four years is I mean, you never know with pitchers. Pitchers get hurt, but assuming he's gonna be healthy, I mean, in order to get equal value in this trade, he's basically just gotta be slightly below average right. as a pitcher. Yeah. If he's if he's good, this really works out well for the Reds. It really does. Like, I really do like Shedlong. I think he's a, he's a great person. He's always been friendly with me. He's a good baseball player. But, unfortunately, it's tough to see where he was going to fit in in the Reds' right. You know, future plans. He's pretty much a second baseman only at this point. And, I mean, even before the Reds traded away, you know, a guy like Jeter Downs in the Dodgers trade and traded away Shedlong, second base is a very tough spot to see somebody playing in the future for the reds because they've got so many different options right now.
0: Yeah. The reds were, were dealing from strength there and I'm the same way. I like shed long. And, uh, you know, I, I was one that wanted to see if he could possibly handle second base. I know there's some skepticism as to, I mean, uh, center field. Um, he's looked to be strictly a second baseman, a, a good one. I think he's going to be, I said this on the last podcast, he's going to be a major league player, uh, at some point and maybe soon, but I didn't see how he fit in with the reds. So, you know, I, I don't mind giving him up now. Uh, People were saying, oh, Shed Long and Tyler Stevenson, that's too much to give up for uh, Sonny Gray. And right, yes, it was. People were saying that ahead of time because they can't read tweets. But uh,
1: that, was as, that, that was me. That was me.
0: As it turns out, you know, Shed Long, you give up some value. You give up a, 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 an asset, a real asset for the Reds, and you get back a guy who, you know, if he kind of is what he is, he's still going to probably earn what they're paying him. But if he's what he used to be, and he's just 29, so that's not completely – I'm not going to – I'm not, hope is not a strategy. I always say that. But, uh, again, like you said, you don't have to squint too hard. I think it just – it works really nicely for the Reds where they are right now. Now, the other question I want to ask you, because you have been the longtime uh, minor league guru for the Cincinnati Reds uh, out here on the old interwebs. The Reds have gotten a number of players. We've talked about all of them uh, all off season, But they've acquired a bunch of guys – and they haven't given up anyone that you have in your top seven, I don't think, on your prospect list. Um, the fact that the Reds have clearly improved their roster, we'll talk in a moment about how much, without giving up any of those top seven guys, what your, what's your, What are your thoughts about that? Would you have expected them to be able to improve substantially while hanging on to a bunch of these assets?
1: No. And, I, and realistically, I mean, I think that comes down to the Dodgers trade. I mean, if you ask me going in to – I mean, even the day that that trade went down, um, I – I just couldn't have imagined how they could have swung that deal. I mean, it, it's, it's still kind of crazy when you think about it, um, that what the Dodgers were willing to do just to get under that luxury tax yeah. threshold. Um, and so that, that definitely helps. I think that just the the money situation there that, you know, we see it in other sports in football and basketball where, you know, they've got that hard cap. And so it, it really does change the game. And so, that, that's not really a trade we've seen happen in baseball before. You know, we've seen trades where, you know, guys are, or teams are dumping money left and right, but that's just to get out from under a bad contract, not necessarily to just get rid of good players to save money right. to spend. it Like, that, that just doesn't happen in baseball. Um, and so that, that, that really shocked me, and I, I think that's kind of one of the reasons that the Reds were able to hold on to, you know, at least my top seven prospects in the organization, but still dramatically improve, you know, their rotation and their outfield and their bench.
0: And it's, uh, you know, you're right. You don't see it very often in baseball. I listen to a basketball podcast, a Philadelphia 76ers podcast. The name of it is Rights to Ricky Sanchez. Because in the NBA, you're always trading the rights to these players and trying to figure out which guys have expiring contracts and all that. And, uh, and the Reds, I think, were the beneficiaries of it, certainly for just one year. But I just, I'm just i in love with what they've done this offseason, not because I expect them to win the World Series next year, but because they have substantially improved the team. And they have maintained, you know, the ability to, You know, a lot of these guys are one year guys, but you've got all your all your young guys still. And so the future has not been mortgaged for a little bit of short term success. uh, And we still may be able to see the short term success. So that's what excites me.
1: Yeah, I mean, trying trying to win should never be something people are against. And when you look at, you know, how baseball is playing out right now, too many teams are not trying to win. Like, don't get me wrong, the players are trying to win, but the front offices don't really seem to be trying to win in a lot of these places. And I mean, we've seen it here in Cincinnati. Exactly. I mean. They, I mean, I feel like they were fairly upfront and honest about the fact that they, I mean, they never came out and said, we're not trying to win, but they clearly said, you know, we're not ready to kind of go all in yet either. You know, we're in this rebuild, which is basically saying the same thing without actually saying, you know, we're losing on purpose. It, seen- it, it, it's fresh to see that the Reds are kind of saying, hey, we're tired of this. We're going to make these moves. And we, we really do think that we've got a chance. And here's why. And then they went out and they basically rebuilt their rotation. They added... Real bats to their lineup, and, I mean, you know, for all the good that Billy Hamilton did, they took out the weakest asset from their lineup.
0: Yeah, and they also traded, somehow, Homer Bailey. So, uh, as much as I like Homer Bailey for what he's done for the Reds over the years, it's just, I can't believe all the things the Reds have been able to do. And some people have been saying, some national guys, what are they they trying to do? You know, they're going to be trying to get to 500? Who cares? And I'll tell you who cares. We do. The fans do. And for, and I think the Reds understand that a lot of what they're doing to improve this coming year is just because the fans are about to riot. I really do believe that. Um, but what they've done is they've created a team that has a chance to be competitive this coming year. But they they're still can conduct the same rebuild they were conducting before. They don't mm-hmm. have a ton of money a committed past next year. They have not traded the, the, the kids that are coming up. It's still a pretty strong fo- – I mean, they've traded some of them, clearly. Jeter Downs, uh, you know, I, I, he's a, a really good prospect. Um, and Josiah Gray, I love those guys. But, you know, the top-end I- guys are still here. So they've kind of kicked the rebuild another year down the road, but they're giving us a gap year where you can really expect the team to be competitive. Is, does it make sense to frame it that way?
1: Yeah, I, I think you you laid it out very well there, Chad. Um. Well, let's,
0: yeah. Uh, something I want to get into because this is what you you were talking about earlier, and one of the reasons why I'm continuing to be excited about what's going on in Cincinnati is that Fangraphs, uh, you know Fangraphs.com, uh, right, Doug? You've heard of that website? Yes,
1: I, I've been there once or twice.
0: Yes, it's a website on the internet. So you got to log on to your America Online account, search for keyword Fangraphs.com.
1: Wow, keywords! What you, you're taking me back, Chad? It's <laughs>
0: old school, right <laughs> oh. there. Um, no one but uh, Philip Razor still uses an AOL account, but anyway, oh, um, Fangraphs does their projections, and project- projections are projections. I mean, you know, it's, it's math largely, and, and you know, there's still some moves that are, everybody's going to be making before opening day, so there's uh, some stuff that's not baked in just yet. But but as of right now, the way rosters stand right now, they came out with their projections, and they have the Reds projected at 81 and 81, and, and that that's a 500 record, Doug.
1: Yeah, uh, that that sure beats sixty-seven and ninety something.
0: I mean, really, is, is that's better, right? That's better than it, what we've seen in the last few years.
1: It's a lot better, Chad. Okay, I didn't go it's to math
0: school, better. so I just wanted to check.
1: Well, you 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 went to some pretty good schools, though. I feel like you probably they probably taught you a little bit of math somewhere along the way, right?
0: Possibly, I took some courses in mathematics. Yes, yeah. you
1: um, just don't really use it too much every day anymore. Don't,
0: no, I don't understand it. It's all no. it's all hieroglyphics to me. But anyway, uh, so I don't know how the math worked out, but they got the Reds at at 81-81. And I think that something I've been saying is if you can get a team that's sort of a 500 team, then, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot either way for the team to be better than that. Now, the flip side, you could be worse than that too, but if they go and add a couple more guys, may bump that projection up. If they make a big acquisition, a Corey Kluber, which we don't expect at this point, but if they did, could really uh, bump it up. But once you get in that neighborhood – you know, uh, luck, you know, a few things falling right here and there. You can sort of start getting into the wild card hunt. You know, there's been a team make the wild card with 85 wins in the last uh, three years. So, um, is, is it a playoff team? No, probably not. But, man, you're you're getting there. And as a guy that suffered through four straight 90-plus loss seasons, I'll take that. Yeah, well, and,
1: you know, something you didn't bring up there, Chad, is let's just say that the Reds are competing and it's June 31st. Right. You know, maybe maybe the team is still kind of hovering around that 500 mark. You know, there are a couple games up. You know, what what happens then? Well, then they start looking at the trade market, and then they can maybe use some of this farm system depth that they've got, make a trade, and that projection of 500 no longer exists exactly. because they've they've improved with something that the projection system didn't foresee. And you're only getting this player for half a season or so. But when you put yourself in the position to be competitive. It really can change the entire outlook because then your team operates very differently.
0: Right, and it's going to depend on them not having a historically bad start like they did last year, though. Uh, Are you you going to bet the ranch that they're not going to do that again?
1: I mean, I don't own a ranch, but, I mean, yeah, I'll bet somebody else's ranch for it. Why not? I've got nothing to lose in that
0: case. Uh, Go to Fangraphs and check out those those projections because they're just fun to look at. But, But what I just said, the Reds being 500, to me is not the part that's the most fun to look at. It's that they have the Reds right now, because what everyone says is, yeah, they're going to be a 500-team, big deal, but they're in the toughest division in baseball. It's true, it's a tough division. You've got a bunch of teams, really all five teams are trying to win now, which you don't see in any other division. But it has the Reds projected at third place right now out of the five teams. And I don't even remember what third place looks like. But even better, it has them just projected basically uh, six wins behind the first place Cubs. I mean, Doug, you're starting to talk about a competitive team at that point. I mean, you are, and you know, you you
1: mentioned that luck factor earlier. I mean, just have just being a little bit lucky, or flat out just being good in one run baseball games, that can make up the difference right there. Easy. That I mean, that that's nothing. Every, there are teams every year that just they they outperform their one loss record in in one 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 run games just because I mean whether it's luck or you know they've just got that lockdown bullpen which hey would anybody be surprised if the Reds had a lockdown bullpen have you seen what they've got going on right now yeah I, wouldn't. I would not yeah I <laughs> it, it's fun Chad I, I I'm excited I, I really am
0: well they're in the mix that's really all I'm asking for for this season now again the flip side of that is if you look at these projections they've got The Reds just two games out of last place, too. It's five tightly bunched teams, so who knows what's going to happen, but if the Reds continue to improve, you know, whether it's uh, getting a center fielder, and I want to talk to you about that in a moment, or, uh, you know, another reliever, or even if they go big on a starter, that uh, can change, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, it's a tough division, but the Reds start to look awfully competitive in that division. Uh, You know, I guess that's assuming that the Cubs and Cardinals don't improve uh, substantially as well before opening day, but... Anyway, it's hope, and hope is not a strategy as we say, but it's what I need this year uh, to go as a fan. I need some hope for the first time in a while, and I have it here on uh, in near the end of January, getting close to uh, spring training, and man, that's after the way the last 4 years have gone, that's a, that's pretty substantial to me.
1: Chad Dodson, the voice of the Cincinnati Reds fans everywhere. <laughs> and yeah, and sometimes. I mean, really I I think that you're you're speaking for everybody. I mean, I really do. I feel that you know, you were right earlier when you said that, you know, the Reds felt they needed to do something for the fan base because they were ready to riot. It's been a rough couple of years and I, I you know whether that truly is the reason this happened or not, I don't know. Frankly, I don't care because it did happen. And like you said, it it seems like people have hope again. And right now, they really need a lot of that given what they've been through.
0: Absolutely, and so they get to eighty one and eighty one, and they don't make the playoffs, and they're five hundred. That's a fourteen game improvement, uh, I believe. They lost ninety five last year. Is that right? Am I? Yes. Uh, I, I've tried to forget it, but <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know, fourteen game improvement, and you lose some guys off the roster, but who knows? Maybe they sign Alex Wood. You know, maybe they sign Yasiel Puig. I, you know, you don't know, but either way, you got a, year, a full year of Nixon's Zell now, so he's going to be a year uh, better. Uh, you're going to have Tony Santillon, who's going to be ready. You know, all of a sudden, uh, Taylor Trammell going to be on the cusp. And so, assuming those guys don't get traded, yeah, they're going
1: to have a bunch of money, too. Th-
0: exactly. They can go out and do yeah. something similar next year, or they can go out and make a big splash for, I don't know, Chris Sale at the top of the rotation. Not, now you're getting crazy, but I like it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can you imagine that? So, so anyway, to me, that's. Uh, w- <sighs> Did the Reds go out and get Dallas Keuchel or Corey Kluber or, you know, some number one starter this year? Okay, no. But they've got a bunch of guys that have, right now, have the Reds looking like a 500 team. But also, I wanted to get your take on this. I see a lot of guys that, I'm not going to count on it, but I see a lot of guys with upside. And if some of those guys do show some of that upside, and I'm talking about guys like Sonny Gray. I'm talking about Alex Wood. I'm talking about Luis Castillo. Um, who, if, they, if things break right, we're talking about a pretty good rotation, not just an average one.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think that right now I feel comfortable saying this rotation is going to be average. But you know, that upside is there. If Luis Castillo pitches like he's pitched for his entire career outside of April of 2018, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a big difference in this rotation. I mean, he, he would be the best starter on the team. He would legitimately be one of the best 30 starters in baseball. I, and I I don't think that as Reds fans that who have watched Luis Castillo pitch over the last two years, it would surprise anybody. I mean, he's had one bad month in his entire career in the major leagues so far, and it it was pretty bad last year. And so it kind of ballooned his ERA a little bit over four last year. But other than that, I mean, he's been really stinking good.
0: Yeah, most fans don't realize how good he was after that first month because his numbers were so bad that the rest of the year he was trying to crawl out of that hole. But and because he, he was he was bad. But you're right. You know, the Reds didn't go out and get Keuchel or Kluber, or, uh, and I know you weren't big really on Keuchel, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm sticking uh, – the Reds didn't go out and get an ace. But, man, it's another situation where you don't have to squint very hard to see Luis Castillo being that guy. He has absolutely has that ability. There's no question in my mind, and I don't think it would surprise anyone in baseball if he turned out to be an ace pitcher this year, the number one of the rotation.
1: Yeah, no, and it, it's, it's nice to actually have somebody that you feel could be that guy, even if they're not right now. You know, you generally need that kind of guy, and so I mean, there, there's hope there that you know the Reds could have that guy.
0: And if he's not, if he's like a two or a three, we hey, he still mm-hmm. can go out next next uh, next winter and try to get and that get, guy.
1: Get so, Chris Sale, yeah, like you said earlier. Yeah, I I'm, can, I'm in. Exactly, this, Chad Dotson, you've got great plans.
0: I love it. I've got big plans, but they won't let me. Uh, they won't. Don't ever ask my opinion. Um. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the roster and uh, and then I want to get your opinion on some of these uh, prospect lists that came out, and then we'll try to answer a few of our viewer mail questions, hash brown viewer mail. Let's say the Reds roster is what it is right now. Um, how, how do you feel about the roster right now, or do you think it's imperative that they go out and get a center fielder?
1: center field really is the only spot that I'm worried about on the roster right now. I think the the pitching staff, both in the rotation and the bullpen, has depth and has quality. I, I think that the everyday lineup sans center field is good. I mean, offensively, no matter who you put in center field of the options they've got, it's it's going to be fine. Right. Um, the, the, question, the, the, the question comes, comes down to defense, and I, I continue to say that I don't feel the Reds are confident that anyone that they're thinking about right now that's that they have con- team control over is an everyday center fielder, especially in the on the road ballparks where you know Great American Ballpark gets a little bit smaller. There's not as much room to cover. Um, but once you get outside of Great American Ballpark, I mean, even within the division, there are some bigger ballparks. They may not play necessarily as huge ballparks, but you know there's more there's more ground to cover. And then definitely once you get outside of the division, you you get into some larger ballparks. Um, so I, it's it's just so tough, Chad, because they've got a lot of options that they're talking about. But you don't really feel comfortable saying, "Yeah, this guy's the answer."
0: Yeah, a bunch of guys that I want to plug in uh, to the to the lineup as the center fielder. But then when you have to go out and play defense, I'm not uh, comfortable really with any of them. To me, the be- if they don't go out and get someone, the best case scenario to me, I think by far the best case scenario is that Nixon Zell can handle it, and maybe just handle it, Shinsu chew it for a year. You know, be adequate out there for a year until we get him a different place. In the lineup, or the Reds can, and the Reds can go out and, and acquire someone else, uh, because I, you know, I don't trust, I don't trust Shebler every day, especially away from. I like Scott Shebler a lot. I don't trust Puig. I don't think Philip Bourbon can handle it. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't mind any of those guys in the lineup, but I, I'm like you. I don't, I don't like, I don't like uh, any of those guys in particular. Now, you mentioned someone at RedLegNation.com and ever all of you need to be going to redlegnation.com uh, where uh we've been following the reds every single day since 2005 and you had an interesting uh, uh proposal that kind of starts to look even more like it makes sense which is uh, jock peterson for the dodgers and obviously the dodgers uh signed aj Pollock, free agent uh who most recently was with Arizona uh, i guess was been with Arizona his whole career aj Pollock, is a guy who i was hoping the reds might get in and man he only he get 11 12 million a year I would have, I think I would have given that guy that even th- despite the injury history but
1: I, I would have, I would have too he he was a guy that I really thought was you know right right where the reds were looking and probably made sense financially and he signed for less than I expected him to yeah, so
0: for that price man he uh, would have made a but, lot of sense for cincinnati but
1: uh, again I mean we saw it with JA Happ too mm-hmm. he wasn't willing to take the reds money he wanted to go play somewhere else because he felt like he had a better chance to win maybe that's what happened with with AJ Pollock, I, I you know, sure. we've, we've heard, we've heard the Reds were interested in him for quite a while. So uh, the odds are, I mean, they're pretty good that, you know, they at least talk to him about years and dollars and, and maybe it just didn't work out because he wanted to go somewhere else. I mean, if, if the money was close, I mean, as much as I love the Reds, I would go play in LA too. I I, 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 I I, just think that they're, you know, right now they're a better team and Southern California you know, definitely have better weather. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, it, it just makes sense from that standpoint.
0: It, it does, but uh, he is a guy that for that price, I absolutely would have jumped on board. And again, you don't know if the Reds can get him for that price. So, but it's all, you know, he's a free agent. And what that means is he's free to choose wherever he wants to go. And he chose L.A. But does that make you suggested potentially Jock Peterson of the Dodgers? And and there was some reports that the signing of A.J. Pollock might be contingent on on the Dodgers being able to trade. Jock Peterson. What do you think about him as an option for the Reds? You know, and the Reds and the Dodgers have—they've completed a bunch of trades recently.
1: I mean, I floated the idea out there, and then i have really like looked into it. I, I don't think Jock Peterson's a center fielder anymore. There you go. He played—he played there some last year, but uh, I mean, the last two years he's been a terrible defensive center fielder. If you look at basically any number of the different defensive metrics, um, but it, you can also look at the sprint speed stats through the Statcast system, and they've got two different versions. And in both versions, he's lost speed each year the last couple of years. Uh, he's, he's a below-average runner. It's incredibly difficult to be even a, an iffy center fielder if you're not an above-average runner, much less a plus runner. Uh, I'm I just I, I'm not sure if the speed's there anymore. I don't think I'd take the risk, especially given that you do have these other options. I mean, if, if push comes to shove and the Reds have to go with somebody as their center fielder that's on the roster right now, I, I'd go Phillip Irvin. Um I, I I don't think he's going to be a great center fielder, but he's definitely the fastest. He's a plus runner. I have the, he's got the speed, and there's more, to, well, there's more to playing center field than just the speed. But he's definitely got more speed than anybody else on the team, uh, this side of Jose Peraza, who they're definitely not moving because they definitely don't have another shortstop right. option.
0: Until they sign uh, Manny Machado.
1: Well, until they sign Manny Machado. But uh, unless you know something I don't know, Chad, that's not going to be announced before we publish this podcast. So sure.
0: sign Manny Machado. And move Peraza to center field. I'm happy with Peraza as a center fielder. If it meant Manny Machado was going to be the shortstop, (laughs)
1: yeah, I'm fine with that too.
0: So, okay, I think what you're saying with Jack Peterson sounds like he's kind of like what the Reds already have. He's not really.
1: I'm not even sure he's as good as what the Reds already have in terms of defense. I mean, I'd love to see how that that left handed power plays in Great American Ballpark. Oh, boy, on that one, but I, I just don't think he's a good fit for this roster.
0: Do you, do you think that I am uh, somewhere close to the mark when I say that the best case scenario right now might just be since they didn't get Pollock? It might just be that uh, Nixon Zell can sorta and Nixon Zell's out in Arizona taking fly balls right now that he can just sort of handle it for a year?
1: I mean in, in the Doug Gray gets to make a wish and somehow fix the Reds with only players they've currently got. That one wish would be that Nick Senzel can play center field well enough to actually stick there long term.
0: Yeah, and none, now, no one believes that's particularly likely, though.
1: And 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 I don't I I don't know if it is or isn't. Um, I I definitely think he's got the pure speed to do it. But again, there's more to playing center field than just that pure speed. Um, but you know we we did watch Shin Chu play center field, and it wasn't it wasn't great. He was. I mean, all all things considered, he was probably one of the worst defensive center fielders mm-hmm. in baseball. But the guy could hit.
0: Yeah, you got on base. And,
1: you know, when you look at the way that the Reds roster is constructed right now, Nick Zell makes a lot of sense there if you can bring in somebody to be, you know, that guy who comes in in the seventh or eighth inning as a defensive replacement. And then you think, depending on exactly where you're at in the lineup, maybe you pull, you know, Scooter Jeanette off the field and you slide Nixon Zell into second base. Yeah where you're going to improve your defense at two spots at that point, and you don't have to take out Nick Sinzel. Um, or, you know, maybe, depending on how the, the lineup shakes out uh, the inning before, maybe you do take Nick off the field because you want to get scooters, net's bat, you know, that next inning or whatever. But it, it does leave the team options. And if they can't go out and get, like, a true center fielder who can also hit, um, yeah, I, I think that going with Senzel, assuming that he's just not terrible out there, I mean, that's always a possibility. Nobody's mm-hmm. really sure. seen him out there. um that, you know, that, that's the plan that I would, I would like to see. And, you know, realistically, I think that's the plan I'd like to see any, with any of these guys. You know, even if it's going to be Scott Shebler, go find somebody who can, you can bring in in the eighth inning, seventh, eighth inning as the defensive replacement, who can go get it in center field and figure out who you can slide in somewhere else in the lineup in a double switch kind of situation or whatever. And you can improve your defense in two different spots with one switch late in the game when you got to lead.
0: Yeah. And you could probably live with Shebler in center field under those circumstances. Um, Again, I keep coming back to Su Chu, but but one thing that whoever the center fielder is is this year's not going to have is some kind of great uh, outfitter in left field or right field defensively, probably either. So it's it, the outfield defense may be tough. You know who I would like to have seen the Reds uh, acquire to be that what, guy that comes in, what, in the seventh was it, inning? What, what, was it me? <laughs> Besides you, obviously. I mean, oh, okay, you, okay. Obviously okay. you, uh, but there's one guy that you could think about is that center fielder that comes in late in the game and. Could maybe also use him to pinch uh, run occasionally. Well, I can think of a guy that would look great in that role—bench uh, outfielder, you know, backup comes in. You remember you, yeah. remember? you remember Billy Hamilton?
1: Oh, see, I thought you were talking about Willie
0: O'Pena. Good, <laughs> I am. I am way off. You were, you were slightly off uh, off the mark on that one. But wouldn't Billy Hamilton look good in that role? I mean,
1: yes, yes, but, he would. It was but never going to happen in Cincinnati. Then, but. then there's the money situation and. Mm-hmm. You know for for that role I feel like that was a little too much
0: no, I agree, I agree one hundred percent, and uh, I, as much as I, I love Billy and I've been talking about him on this podcast and at red Lake Nation for years. I get it, okay, whatever, but man, for a team that's tra- that can that can afford that, he could he really serve well in that role so so if we go if we go to opening day with the outfielders that are currently on the roster, you got Winker, Jesse Winker Yasiel Puig, Scott Shebler. Matt Kemp, probably. I guess Philip Urban is your fifth guy. You think? Maybe. I mean,
1: I, I know yeah. that you and I both have kind of said, you know, we don't care about that extra year of service time if Nick Senzel is good enough to make this team as an outfielder, or put him on the team. Yeah. Um. And I, 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 I still think that there's an outside possibility that 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 could happen. I, I, I would like to think it would happen. I'd hate to see the Reds basically screw over Nick Senzel for 11 days just because they can. Um.
0: Yeah, I've been vocal. I want the top twenty-five guys from day one, and he's yeah, definitely it, one of those guys.
1: And and so you know, if if that's the case, then you know maybe Philip Irvin does go back to AAA, and we see Nick Senzel up here from day one.
0: Yeah, Irvin's probably a guy that we're going to see back and forth again this year, I think. And uh, he's a serviceable fifth outfielder, or maybe even a serviceable fourth outfielder.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a fourth outfield type. Yeah. I I think. You know he's got enough bat to be a fourth outfielder. I feel at least in my mind, when I think fifth outfielder type, I think defensive only, pinch running only, no bat whatsoever. And i that's not Philip Urban to yeah,
0: me. I agree. No, he's a, he's a big leaguer, um, and it might just be if the Reds can do something with Matt Kemp, because you know Matt Kemp, I, I just... Matt Kemp's had a great career. He's been an All Star. Um, he's been a legitimate MVP type guy. Um. He's To me, he's the fourth outfielder right now. And if Sinzel's an outfielder, he may be the fifth outfielder. Yeah. You know, um, not that I think Matt Kemp's going to cause problems in the clubhouse, but I would hope that someone out there could use him in a, in more than the Reds can right now. So I, yeah. I could see him being moved for something.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that other teams out there w- could use him more than the Reds, particularly a team that has a designated hitting role. Yeah. Uh, but the question is, can they make the money work? Because he's not he's not cheap. And while the Reds are getting some money from the Dodgers, I think if you're going to move Matt Kemp, the Reds are going to have to eat a lot more money.
0: I agree. Someone said on Twitter to me, you know, uh, I don't think you can trade Kemp because of the money. And I thought, well, he's been traded four times in the last two years. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not impossible. But, yes, it does complicate things. So it, let's say we got the guys that we've got. I think you probably agree with me. Your starting outfield in a dream world is uh, Winkerson's El Puig. Yes. And that, those are guys that are going to make me really happy. They're going to get on base, hit with a little I bit mean, of pop. That defensively. You know, all, all, all
1: offensively, it's fun to think about.
0: <laughs> Do you, fit, you, can, you can make a nice little lineup with those guys. Scott Shebler is a fourth outfielder. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's, that's fun to me uh, because I love Shebler. But uh, some pop off the bench. So, anyway, uh, they're pretty well set offensively. I, I don't know how they're going to figure it out defensively. On the infield, um, who do you think is going to be starting at first base this year? Uh,
1: Some guy named Joseph.
0: Joseph Um, Daniel.
1: Yeah, that that guy. Um, He's rude, according to some random (laughs) on Twitter. Oh,
0: gosh. That was was (laughs) one of the crazier tweets we've gotten. That was great. Um, Third base. The corners are, are sort of set. Eugenio Suarez is probably going to be starting at third base, wouldn't you think?
1: I mean, unless he decides, you know, he really wants to just take up painting as a as a passion for the rest of his life, yeah, I, I'd say that he he's probably pretty locked in at third base for the Reds for a while.
0: Jose Peraza is your shortstop.
1: Yeah, I mean, we mentioned earlier they don't even have another option at shortstop yeah. right now. It's so
0: it, it, again, <laughs> it's enla- it's, no. it's Jose Peraza. Unless Sinzel could handle it, and now at this point, no one thinks he can. Um, and then Scooter's your second baseman.
1: Yeah, I mean this. It, well, and you, you've got Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. I mean, what? Those are pretty
0: much spoken for.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the Reds. I mean, they seem pretty locked in with their with their spots, other than center field, which I guess could technically open up right or left field depending on how they want to play that out. But That's I not mean, a bad it, lineup. I I feel pretty good about it. I, I I really do. I I just come back to who's going to play center.
0: Yeah, and even if Sinzel's not a. I guess my best case scenario is Sinzel shows that he can at least handle center field, and so that you can slot him in at center field, you can slot him in at second, you can slot him in at third, maybe even short occasionally, you know, for just a one game, one off the situation, get Peraza a break. And if you can find all those different positions, and he can sort of handle his, himself in those, you can still get him 500 at bats, and that makes the Reds better. Yeah, yeah, it does. So uh, you know, it's gonna be a fun, a fun spring just to see how all this plays out. When are you gonna be out there in uh, Goodyear, Arizona, Douglas?
1: Uh, I believe I arrive on March seventeenth, and I'll be there for a week.
0: Everybody, Stephen Offenbaker uh, asked. He said he's gonna be out there, and he was asking if you and I were gonna be there. And you said you were, and I said no, nah, I can't get away. But then I started looking at flights, and I know you're not a, you're not a flight guy, but uh, you're gonna road trip it, but. Man, the flights out of uh, Cincinnati to Goodyear are pretty darn reasonable. So I'm have going to gonna try to have to talk my wife into letting me go for a little while. We'll see.
1: Well, I'm just going to just going to toss this out there. I'm I'm a single man, so you don't have to take my advice at all. And I'd actually highly suggest against it in most cases. But Valentine's Day is coming up, Chad. Maybe you maybe you could just buy your way into spring training a little bit with a nice little nice little night and gift. I'm just saying.
0: It would be better if. Spring training, were going on during uh, when Valentine's Day w- was because then it, I could leave and that would be her gift, not having to oh. deal with me for a couple of days.
1: You can you can still work it out that <laughs> way. Just good, just
0: just, just tell
1: her, hey, this is the gift. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get freedom from me for a little while. Um, quickly rotation um, right now, probably I would say Alex Wood, Luis Castillo, and let's not no particular order. You can split these up any way you want, but Alex Wood, Luis Castillo, Sunny Gray. Tanner Rourke, and Anthony DiSclafani probably has the inside uh, uh, edge on uh, the fifth spot. So that's probably your rotation if everybody's healthy, right, to start the year?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's tough to see where – I mean, they're not going to pull Castillo from the rotation no matter how he performs in spring training, assuming it's not injury-related.
0: Yeah. Disco's Uh, the only one, really, probably. Yeah, and
1: I'd still be surprised by that. Me too. Yeah, no, I think if he's healthy – They're they're definitely not pulling out any of the guys they just acquired to – Fix the rotation, so. Right.
0: No, if, if Disco's healthy, I think he's there, and I'm fine with that because, you know, when healthy, he's a he's a good pitcher. Uh, you know, I like Anthony DiScofani. Um, I love him as a number five starter. You know, it'd be good nice if we had a couple of number ones or something up there as well, but maybe we do. Who knows? We'll see. But I love the fact that I, I, I think you're as big a fan of Tyler Malley as I am. Uh, I love Tyler Malley, and I kind of love the fact that even though I think he's really talented, He's going to have to show something. He doesn't have a spot guaranteed, which means the Reds have some decent guys ahead of him, and that's something we've not had to deal with in a few years. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And, you know, he he's one of those guys that, you know, I i really think he could succeed in the bullpen right now. Yeah. But if he doesn't have a spot in the rotation, I really hope they send him to AAA to just Please. be that, to be that sixth guy just in case, uh, you know, somebody doesn't perform or... I mean, there's there's bound to be a few injuries this year. Hopefully none of them are serious. Right. But the odds of, what, what was it, 2012 when they didn't yeah. have anybody miss Like, that's not going to no. happen again. And anybody that's counting on that happening is absolutely off their rocker. So uh, just don't plan on that. Plan on using at least nine or ten guys. Yeah, a guy uh, like
0: Malley's likely to get 15 or 20 starts, you know, anyway.
1: Yeah, so um, ho- hopefully they've got plenty of depth there, which, I mean, I, I personally feel they do.
0: So... I think so, too. Who do you think's next uh, in terms of starters? Who's the next guy they call on after Malley? Cody Reed, maybe? I, Bob Cody Steve?
1: Reed, it, it, it just all depends on what role they're in. Uh, Stevenson would be surprising to me unless it's really early in the year just because he's out of options, so they can't send him to AAA mm-hmm. at any point. So if he's going to be on this team, it's going to be in the bullpen unless there's an injury that opens up a spot and he pitches well in spring. But assuming that he's in the bullpen to start the year, uh, unless it's an early-year kind of situation – you know, he's not gonna have time to get stretched out to just kind of throw into the rotation. Big Sally. Uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an option. Again, it kind it's of right, like Stevens, it really depends real. how they want to use him. I mean, same thing for Cody Reed. Uh, you know, those guys both have options, so they could go to triple a and be that, that depth starter kind of guy, uh, like Tyler Malley could be, uh, I wouldn't sleep on a guy like Tony Santion. I'm not sure if he's going to start double <laughs> a AA or triple a this year, but I mean, he's got, I mean, I I'd put his stuff right up there with Luis Castillo's. I really would. Um,
0: you might have been I, on the podcast with me a few months ago, and I said, man, listen, I, before all these acquisitions, I said, I want to see Tony Santion get a real shot at being in the big league rotation Comes uh, come opening day 2019. Now, that's not going to be the case now because they've actually improved it, but I'm with you, man. That guy looks like he's got some ability, doesn't he?
1: He does, and I, I just – I mean, we can talk about it if we want to here, but I mean, I feel like that he's probably one of the more underrated high-end prospects in all of baseball. Uh, we've seen some prospect lists come out this week and i mean i just feel that like he's drastically underrated on him i just i i can't wrap my head around it i i look at his scouting report i look at his numbers and then i look at guys that are rated ahead of him and their scouting reports aren't better their numbers aren't any better but they're ranked higher and i i just can't figure it out i tony Santheon, he just looks like a guy when you watch him pitch that i mean the stuff is i mean it's it's incredible and last year I mean, he took the only weakness that he had in his game, which was control, and got rid of it. He, he walked like 34 guys in 150
0: innings. It became a strength somehow.
1: I, don't, I just don't understand what's like. How is he being so overlooked by just about everybody?
0: Well, here's what one reason, again, none of the Reds' young pitchers hardly have, uh, have worked out over the last few years. That's a thing. Derek Johnson hopefully is going to revitalize the way pitchers are developed in the Reds' organization. But the Reds are going to possibly lose Alex Wood and Tanner Rourke at the end of this year. they you know their contracts are up at the end of the year. A guy like Wood's a guy that I hope pitches well and the Reds explore uh, a, a longer term contract with him. Um but so there's gonna be at least two spots there. What if Tyler Malley comes out and pitches like Tyler Malley can? Um and you know there is I think he could be as good as a number two. He's probably a three four guy maybe, but there's value in that. And then what if Santion comes along? All of a sudden, the Reds still have some depth, even if they lose Wood and uh, and Roark. So again, it goes back to me what I was saying about kicking the kicking the can down the road just a little bit uh, with the with the rebuild. They've bought themselves a little bit of time here, and uh, so I'm at the time of the year when I'm hope springs eternal. So I'm I'm excited and and hopeful. But you know, uh, Santion is somebody to get excited about. I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm agreeing with you for the first time ever, Doug Gray.
1: Well, it's about time, Chad. I'm a genius.
0: Uh, Bullpen, don't really need to talk about much of him, but it looks like there's about five guys that are probably locks uh, if they're healthy. Roselli, Iglesias, Amir Garrett, Jared Hughes, David Hernandez, Michael Lorenzen. I do want to talk just very, very briefly because I want to get your thoughts, but let's let's keep it short here about Robert Stevenson. He is out of options. He was the number one pick. He was the number one uh, prospect for so long. He is Robert Stevenson. We've talked about him a million times. What happens... If he does not pitch well in the spring, and uh, and the Reds are getting close to opening day, what do they do with Robert Stevenson? Do they do they really uh, expose him, and, I think- and does somebody else take him?
1: I think somebody else would definitely take him. I
0: do too. I do too. Um, there's too many I, there. I
1: think I yeah, I think there's too many teams out there that feel that they could hide him in their bullpen that aren't trying to compete for the playoffs this year. That they they take a chance that they can fix Robert Stevenson. And that I talent mean, he, is still there, isn't it? I mean yeah, it if the raw talent is definitely <sighs> there. If somebody can just figure out how to get him to throw a few more strikes, I mean it's a it's a leader. game changer. Yeah. yeah. I mean it the, the stuff is undoubtedly there. It's the execution of the stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it may not problem. be in Cincinnati though. I don't know how they.
1: The numbers may not work out to keep him on the they, roster. They, they may not, and I, I, you know, he's probably the guy that's got the most pressure on him going into spring training, out of anybody, because you know he definitely could be on the outside looking in, even going into spring training. Yeah. It's
0: the biggest year and, of his professional career, no doubt.
1: It is, and I mean, if I mean, let's let's look at it this way, even even just from a a non. You know, getting on the field perspective. He's on the 40 man roster right now, so he's making real amounts of money. If he gets designated for assignment, nobody picks him up. I mean, his his bank account's gonna take a nice big hit too. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, he's really pitching for his professional career this spring. And I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, you know, but just because he's got so much talent, you, you catch glimpses of it and you're like, whoa. You know, he does things sometimes you watch him, he throws pitches, and I'm like Mere mortals can't do that, but then he walks six guys in a row, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right."
1: You're like, "Oh yeah, I could do that, right?" So, um,
0: all right, we've uh, gone, he... we've gone longer than I thought. Okay, go ahead. Last thoughts on Stevenson?
1: Oh, just I just because I hope that he's he's the guy that Derek Johnson can get through to more than yeah. anybody else. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I agree one hundred percent. And we're pinning a lot of hopes on old Derek Johnson, but there's a reason. Hopefully, that he has such a high um, people have such a high opinion of him around the game now. Again, I do want to get to a couple of viewer mail questions, but we've, as we, you and I always do, Doug, we've gone longer than when, uh, we <laughs> had intended. But a couple of uh, Baseball America and Baseball Prospectus released their prospect lists. You are uh, you're the big league guru now too, but you've also been the long time uh, minor league guru. Uh, any quick thoughts about the Baseball Prospectus and Baseball America top one hundred, one hundred one prospect lists and where the Reds rated? I was uh, very interested to see what. Uh, these numbers were and a little surprised in some instances, especially with Santayon, but uh, just as quickly as you can run through what we had there.
1: Okay. Well, on the baseball America list and the baseball prospectus list, Nick Senzel was in the top 10. He was ranked ninth and 10th in both. Nick Senzel's uh, good. Yes. Now Taylor Trammell had a, had a decent size gap. Baseball America had him at number 33. Baseball prospectus was a lot higher. They had him at number 11. That blew my mind. Number 11. Yeah. They, they are very high on, on Taylor Trammell over at baseball prospectus. And I, I, I don't necessarily blame him. I I think that he probably, if I were doing it, I'd put him somewhere in the middle between on those those two numbers. Um, So he's good. Yeah, he's. (laughs) Anytime (laughs) you make the top, one, I know we all like to sit around and go, "Oh, you know, why is this guy ranked higher in the top 100?" If you're a top 100 prospect, you're good. You're you're a very very good prospect. Like the the difference between a lot of those guys on the list isn't very much. Top 10, that's different. Those are the truly truly elite guys. But beyond that, you know, there's there's not a big difference between the guy that's ranked 15th and 30th. And the guy just ranked thirtieth and sixtieth. That's it's not really a huge deal.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, um yeah, Jonathan India made both the list. And he um, was
0: he was the number three Reds prospect in both of those, is that right? Yes. Uh, the way um, they had him ranked. Yeah, and
1: then Hunter Green made both lists. Um and then Tony Santian only made the baseball America list. He came in at number sixty nine, did not come in nice. at all on the uh <laughs> the top one hundred and one list at baseball prospectus. So if you're going to ask me, they're crazy people because I don't—I just don't understand it.
0: That's a big gap between number 69 and uh, not in the top 100 uh, or 101. <sighs> now, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I agree. I'm—I've got Reds bias, I guess. Anyway, but I'm—I'm I'm in love with Tony Santiana and what he can be. Hunter Green quickly. Uh, I love Hunter Green. I don't want him to get hurt. I hope his shoulder is healthy. I love him. I, he's my favorite player. Please don't get hurt again, Hunter Green, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want you to call me out on Twitter again. But uh, Hunter Green, pretty big drop, which is not unexpected because of the uh, injury. But assuming he comes back from the injury healthy, there's no reason to believe Hunter Green is not just as uh, exciting a prospect as he was before. Uh, Am I wrong about that? Uh,
1: Yes and no. You're wrong about the fact that the drop should have been expected. I'm absolutely just dumbfounded by it because... Alex Reyes of the Cardinals hasn't pitched in like two years. He had Tommy John surgery, and he's still ranked in the top 20 in, in pretty much any list you look at. Really? Um, yeah, so what's what's up with Hunter Green, who didn't have Tommy John surgery rehabbed? He's not being restricted, and he's already throwing, getting ready for next year. Uh, why did he drop 40 huh. spots in both places? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me, but maybe that's just me being crazy.
0: But those five guys, Nick Senzel, Tedder Tremail, Jonathan India, Hunter Green, Tony Santion, how would you have those guys rated in your most recent prospect list is uh, it in, I, that order? It's no, not in that I order.
1: No, I went. No, you had no. Hunter Green higher. I had Hunter Green at number two behind Senzel. Yeah. Then you went. Then I went with Tremel, Santion, and Jonathan India. Okay. Now here's what's here's what's weird. In the Baseball America top Reds top ten, they had Hunter Green ranked second, but on their actual list, he was ranked fourth in the top one hundred. And the list is done by different people, so that, that does explain it a little bit. But it's a little weird when you kind of opened up the list and you saw it and you're like, Well, wasn't he ranked higher than both of those other guys for a second? That's strange.
0: There? Yeah. So But if you look at those five guys, uh Sinzel Tremel, In India, Green, Santiana, these are five blue chippers, as you would call it if you're talking about college basketball recruiting. And uh, there's a, you know and and the Reds improved and they still have all those guys. Bet they do. It makes me happy.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's nice when you can really improve and not really lose, you know, the the top end of your farm system, yeah. which realistically, that's that's what matters a lot more than the rest of the farm system. As much as I hate to say it, those are the difference makers. You well, generally I, don't find your difference makers that are ranked 17th throughout their entire minor league career. Is Tremel
0: going to make it to AAA this year?
1: I think so. Okay,
0: good. I hope he does. He needs to. And he needs to be in the mix for the uh, Reds uh, roster the following year. Although I'd, I'd have him up in September this year, but I like to push these guys. Um, okay, we went through that pretty quickly. I thought that was interesting. These uh, these, are, these are legit blue chippers. The Reds are already a 500 team, essentially. And so the Reds are clearly going to win the World Series, and no later than 2020. That's what I'm telling you. Uh, you want to answer a couple of viewer mail questions? I'm in. All right. Hash Brown viewer mail. These are actual... Questions from actual viewers. Not true. Nobody's viewing this, but... Um, I,
1: that's not true. I sometimes look down at my phone to see where I'm at in the podcast.
0: Oh, there you go. I'm thinking about posting these to YouTube in the future. Even though they're not going to have any video available, we'll just have the logo of the podcast or something, but at least I can say people are viewing the podcast. All right. Let's see what we've got here. You can, uh, For now, you can send us questions for viewer mail. Send them to us on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. At Red Leg Radio. Try to use the hashtag viewer mail. Let's see what we've got. We've got some. We had a bunch of them this week. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. but We're going to get to some of them. What's the first one we want to take here? Uh, you know, I uh, I hate to answer one from Philip Razor.
1: Oh, boy. Our, our good buddy, Philip.
0: Um, Yeah, our good buddy, Philip. Uh, his question was, for a viewer mail, as of today, what's your everyday lineup? Hashtag Razor equals downloads. Hashtag Jason Linden hates scooter. It's true, Jason Linden does hate scooter, Jeanette. <laughs> um, as of today, what's your everyday lineup? Um you want to hit that one or you want me to get it?
1: I'll let you go first because Vine might be a little bit different.
0: Okay, I'm going to say Jesse Winker leading off. I'm going to say Nixon Zell hitting second. He's playing center field in this lineup. Joey Votto, third. He's playing first base. I'm going to say Yasiel Puig, fourth. Eugenio Suarez, fifth. Although I may switch those two, actually. Yeah, Suarez, fourth. Uh, Puig, fifth. Um, Scooter, sixth. Scooter Jeanette, sixth. Seventh is going to be Jose Peraza. Eighth, Tucker Barnhart. And ninth, Corey Kluber. That's my starting uh, everyday (laughs) lineup
1: Okay, we're 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 pretty good one through eight. Um, I I really like your ninth pick. I, I just don't think it's going to happen just <laughs> not yet. Happen. But, um, yeah,
0: not.
1: Um, the the only thing I'd add is I I think that there's a a decent chance that the Reds are probably going to work some sort of platoon situation in the outfield to kind of try and get Matt Kemp in there a little bit more. You know, you you've got two lefties with Winker and Shevler, who, you know, Winker doesn't have much of a track record in the major leagues to point out and say he definitely can't hit left-handed pitching, um, but he he did struggle with it last year. Uh, so especially against tougher lefties, I think that you could see, uh, yeah. you know, a, a different kind of lineup sure. or outfield just because, you know, you do have Yasiel Puig in that camp that you can throw in the corners um, and just kind of, you know, improve your lineup on that specific day.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And what we found from last year, everyone whined about the Reds saying they were going to do a four man outfield, but you can get a bunch of at bats for a lot of different guys. They're going to be injuries. Um, and you do have to work matchups sometimes. So, uh, go follow Philip Razor at PSR nineteen seventy three. Nineteen seventy three was the year that he turned forty. Ooh. So, uh, go follow Philip Razor. He is a he is a good follow on Twitter. Good guy. Um, Michael Parker at ATO sixteen M E P. Yeah, I don't know, uh, Michael. That's a tough uh, handle. But we're gonna answer your question because uh, you're a you're a solid. Uh, long-time listener of Red Leg Nation Radio. His viewer mail question, saw an article on ESPN that Sonny Gray was projected as the opening day starter and Alex Wood was third. What's your ideal rotation order? You want this one or you want me to take it first?
1: I'll I'll go go first. Okay, let's hear it. All right. I'm giving Luis Castillo the opening day start.
0: No question. Uh, Let me just go Uh, ahead and jump in. Luis Castillo, if the Reds don't make any other acquisitions, will be the opening day starter for the Reds.
1: Okay, uh, we're, we're we're in total agreement there.
0: I would go Alex Wood next.
1: I would then go with Sonny Gray, followed by Anthony DiScalvani, and then Tanner Roark at, at the number five spot.
0: Why Roark fifth instead of DiScalvani? Because I'm okay with you one through three. I would put Roark at fourth.
1: I just i I just think that DiScalvani is going to be better. I just, just uh, that's that's all nothing nothing really big no real issue with okay again I, I, you can put. I'm comfortable with any of them being one through five. Doesn't really matter. But if I'm if I'm lining them up, that's how I do it for whatever reason. Okay.
0: I I flip uh, Disco and uh, and Rourke. I called him Roark a minute ago, and every time I do that, everyone yells at me. Um. So I, I agree. Uh, I think Alex Woods number two. Um. I. You know we don't we haven't talked much about Alex Wood, but he's another guy we talk about. You know you don't have to squint too hard. I could see him being the number one guy. You know he's got talent. He's not really an ace. But he could be yeah, a but, two.
1: I mean, the only thing really keeping Alex Wood from being – I mean, ace is a, it's a weird thing because some people, when they say ace, they mean number one. Some people, they mean one of the best ten pitchers alive. Uh, if you're going to say 30, a number really. one who's a top 25, top 30 pitcher, uh, the only thing that keep, keeps Alex Wood out of that conversation is that he hasn't really gone out and thrown 190 innings in a season. Yeah. No, and that's talent. it. I mean, when you, when you look at just the, the innings basis, I mean, he's there. He really is. It's just he's never really put together that full – 190-inning kind of season that you want to see out of that guy you're going to throw at the top of your rotation.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. He's 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 the guy. He's the one guy that we have on a one-year contract. Although I love me some Yossi El Puig. Alex was the one guy I'd like to see get extended if things go as I expect them to go. Um, Travis drawed at Travis underscore Draw D-R-A-U-D. Uh, that's a tough one. That's a long one. I think we kind of answered your question a little bit about uh, the outcomes of the season, For in first. I think, we, I think the Reds are or we'll definitely be buyers at the deadline. Um, if we're middling in the pack, do we sell or buy? I don't know if the Reds do either. If they're in the middle of the pack, I think they just maybe stay the course. Um, if you can trade a guy like Yasiel Puig or Alex Wood, I think probably you probably, um, you probably or, or, or Tanner Roark, you probably explore those deals if the Reds aren't you know really competitive, because if you can get something that improves the organization for a guy that's going to be gone at the end of the year, yeah, definitely. If yeah, well, uh, well, let me just jump in here for a second. If, you know, you obviously are going to explore
1: those options if you're middling, but you know, don't just take whatever you can get for a guy like Alex Wood or Yasiel Puig. Everybody else maybe, but those two guys, if if they're performing well enough that you can feel like you can get something for them in trade, that means you can probably give them a qualifying offer, and they're not going to take it, and you get a draft Thank pick after you. the year.
0: Thank you. It's not like the guys are just going to walk if the Reds can't extend them. You can you can get a you know you can extend them a qualifying offer, and if if they don't sign with you or don't accept the offer, you still get something out of them. There's still some real value from those guys. So I agree. you got to get something that's going to be better than that. If we're somehow dead last, who do we sell and who do we try to sign? Okay, if the Reds are dead last at the deadline, I don't necessarily think that's that surprising. I mean, they, there's going to be... We talked earlier. It could be a tight division. I think the Reds stay the course. I think if you can sell... It's the same thing if they're like middling and if they're dead last. Don't you think, uh, Doug... If you can get yeah. something from those guys, good. If not, stay the course.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it just all depends. On, I mean, you, you, you want to trade a Matt camp because you're not going to give him the qualifying offer. I, I don't think you're going to be able to get a qualifying offer turned down from, say, Scooter Jeanette, just given how the second base market has played out the last couple of years. No matter how crazy I think it is that somehow Scooter Jeanette has done what he's done and has no value, <laughs> it, um, it it is what it is, unfortunately. And so, you know, maybe if you can trade Scooter Jeanette for some reason and get value, you do that. Um, but, you know, as, as we just said, you know, if, if the other guys are performing well, hold on to them rather than just give them away. If, if, they, if, they, if those are the options.
0: Yeah. And about uh, Scooter, that's another reason why, just very quickly, why I wasn't that upset about losing Shedlong. If the market for Scooter Jeanette is so, you know, just it's not there, I don't know how much Shedlong is worth on the open market he's not a great defensive player. He's a second baseman, you know. I don't know. So, anyway, uh, Jeff Carr at Jeff Carr. He's got like six F's in the middle there. I don't know what that's all about. But on opening day, what's the first concession stand you run for? The roses. I've been to about seven opening days. I won't. Uh, I won't say that I won't. <laughs> I'm probably not going to be there for this opening day. Um, I'm going to go Skyline. Get me a coney, two conies. Um, Mike Hudson, Mike Hudson at Mike Hudson sucks. It's a good, it's a good Twitter okay. handle. It's a good Twitter handle. Maybe a, he means the other Mike Hudson. Oh, maybe. I met Mike at one of our book signings uh, earlier this year, and uh, Mike's a good guy. Uh, have you ever taken a thermal camera around your house to figure out where you're losing heat? Tell me about the experience. You ever done that, Doug?
1: Yes. And usually it's pretty much around any window or door seal.
0: Okay. I've never never done that. Mm. Um, I've been making so much blog money over the years, I don't care about losing heat. What's a a few extra bucks? Yeah, right. Uh, But now that Mike Hudson mentions it, (laughs) and then you say you've done it, I probably should do that. Um, Let's see what we got. Um, Ross Shercliffe. At Ross Shercliffe. do the Louisville Bats have a shot at their first winning record since 2011? Do the Reds owe it to the franchise to put good players on the field for them from time to time? That's all yours.
1: Yes, they owe it to put good players on the field. Um, I mean, I, I I feel like that's kind of the, the unspoken contract we all sign up for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. And do they have a shot at their first winning record? <laughs> Has it been 2011? Yikes. Um, you, you never know. Who knows? It's uh, tough to call. I, yeah. I mean, how the
1: big league team plays out, that just, I mean, that affects everything. How the draft plays out affects everything. Injuries affect everything. Trades affect There's There's no way of knowing. Yeah.
0: Uh, Nicholas Harrison at in Harrison 05. I'm going to take this one, Doug, if it's okay with you. Go for it. Um, Nicholas Harrison asks, who wins in an arm wrestling match? Jason Linden or Doug Gray? And I'm going to take this one. Absolutely, 100%. No questions. Not even close. It's Doug Gray. Nicole Cushing, at Nicole Cushing, asks, what's your predictions for the National League Central this year? Who's going to be first? Who's going to be last? Who'll be in between? you want to make a quick prediction for the National League Central? Oh, I'll do it. You go for it. Okay, I, and then I'll yeah. let you come in behind me. Number one, the Cincinnati Reds are going to finish in first. Number two, it's going to be the Chicago Cubs. Three will be the Milwaukee Brewers. Fourth is going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates, and fifth and dead last, the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: I don't want it to be this way, Chad, but I'm I'm going to try and put it out there, honestly, as things stand right now, which, again, they can always change. I'm going to go Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, Pirates way down at the bottom. I, I just I don't see the Pirates, no. I, I think they're going to be easily the worst of the division.
0: Yeah, I was speaking with my heart that I want the Cardinals to finish last, but I, I agree with you. I think the Pirates are last. And, you know, I have some. i a sort of a. I don't know the Reds and the Pirates have had this thing the last few years, but I kind of got a soft spot for that fan base because they they are the National League Central club that's had sort of understands what we've gone through the last few decades. Um, no, I don't, I, don't,
1: I don't. I don't feel bad for them. They've also got the Steelers. Uh, they've got the Penguins. Penguins. So I no. I'm, I'm not. I'm just going to jump in on that one. No, I don't feel sorry for them.
0: And Pittsburgh's also won as many NBA titles as Cincinnati has over the last thirty years. <laughs> Noah Back. Gayhart at Noah underscore, gay underscore Gayhart asked with the announcement of Pollock sign with the Dodgers, what free agent outfielder, if any, do you think it makes the most sense for the Reds to target? I don't I don't think there are, are any. Do you, Doug?
1: Me either. No. Now, as far as a starting center fielder goes, no. I think there's probably some guys out there that would fit that that backup defensive guy that we were talking about earlier, but I, off the top of my head, I have no idea who that is, but I'm sure he's out there.
0: Yeah, just some. Yeah, something like that. Uh, uh a backup defensive guy. Vander at Vander1017. What else do you think Votto needs to do in order to solidify his case for being in the Hall of Fame? Hey, man, just keep being Joey Votto, baby.
1: Stay on the field. That's it. Yes. Stay. He's going to have to have a couple more full seasons,
0: and I think he'll get in. But he's
1: got. he's just going to he's gonna have to rack up the playing time because he got a later start to his career than your typical Hall of Famer does. That's yes. all.
0: Yeah. He stays on the field. He's an absolutely a Hall of Famer. He's already better than Harold Baines, but we won't talk about that. Chris Eaton at C-Eat sixty-two. Do you think the Reds are done making moves, or do they have one more up their sleeve? Uh, I, th- I think they've got some moves left. Yeah, no, they're not done. I mean, that, there may not be any big signings. We're not talking Corey Kluber, although I'd like it, but they're not done. They're gonna they're gonna make some more additions. Um, let's see here. Oh, We're we'll getting some great ones. I can't answer them all. Um, Matt, I don't know how to pronounce whatever you have for your last name there, but it's uh, at Shirey Matt, S H I R E Y M A T T. Go follow him. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. Even with uh, who's that? Who's the actress that you always talk about? Oh,
1: uh, the love of my life, Anna Kendrick.
0: Anna Kendrick, yeah. Come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Anna, I saw her last movie. What was that movie she was in? That was awful.
1: Table twenty nine or something? No, you no. Oh, the one
0: with uh Blake Lively. With Blake Lively. What was that yeah,
1: one? Yeah. I I I I don't want to talk it about
0: it. Was terrible. Trash. Yeah. You and our are, are movie guys. We're not gonna talk movies today, but that was It awesome. was not good. It was not no. good. Um gosh, let's see what else we got. Uh Mars Shot M A R S. Mars Shot at Reds Planet One. Do you have your shirt on?
1: I've got two shirts on.
0: No, I'm not wearing a shirt, no. Um, I do
1: appreciate you answering my question uh, last week, though, Chad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to do that one. That's, I think that's going to be a question every week now. That's funny. I forgot who asked it last week. I was getting ready to say it so, that uh, we got that question last week, but, yeah, that that was you. Um, oh, man, Joey, Buckeye Joe 6, uh, that's a good question. Don't think we have time to answer it. Let's see if we can find a quick one. Uh, Michael Pruitt, that's a good question. Uh, it's just we don't have time. Christopher Austin, give me one good reason why Kemp should start over Scott Schebler. Yeah, he shouldn't.
1: Well, he he shouldn't, but he's a better hitter. But he shouldn't because it's about the entirety of the game. And Scott Schebler is probably a much better option.
0: Okay. It's Chris Austin. He said, also, just call me Chris. No handle, please. Thank you. Love the show. So, Chris Austin. Uh, no handle. Um, Jacob Burris, does the Pollock deal make Chris Taylor available?
1: It's a, it's a good question. Um, I'm going to guess no, because the rumors were floated out there even before they signed Pollock that they were basically looking to move uh, Jock Peterson.
0: But here's what I want to ask you, Doug Gray. What, what's the single biggest reason why the Reds should absolutely do whatever they can to acquire Chris Taylor?
1: I don't have the slightest clue, Chad. Please please inform me.
0: Chris Taylor was drafted out of college.
1: Uh, where did he go to college, Chad?
0: He went to college at the... University of Virginia, Mr. Jefferson's mm-hmm. University.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that that beautiful, beautiful place.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, you love you love you some Charlottesville. Uh, I
1: really do. I, I really
0: do. All right, Doug. Anything else we need to talk about? We've, we we said we we're going to cut this one short, and we did not.
1: Yeah, we're not good at time management when it comes to these podcasts, Chad. I think we just have too much fun. We it, really like these these Reds baseball players and. I don't know. We just, we go on and
0: on. It is fun talking about the Cincinnati Reds. And I got to tell you, we really appreciate each of you that, uh, listen, that you you download this podcast and listen to us talk about the Reds every single week, twice this week, uh, twice, uh, two of the last three weeks, as a matter of fact. Um, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to the emergency podcast that Jason Linden and I did about the sunny gray trade. We went way more in-depth than Doug and I were able to today. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast, iTunes, everywhere you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Red Leg Radio. Follow Doug at DougDirt24. Follow me at DotsonC. And follow us on Twitter at Red Leg Nation. And go to RedLegNation.com. Every single day where just we've been talking about the Reds and we continue to talk about the Reds. And uh, for some reason, even though this is a team coming off 90 straight, uh, 90 lost seasons for four consecutive years, for some reason, we still keep writing about them every day. It's crazy, Doug. What's up with that?
1: I think you covered it. We're crazy.
0: We are crazy. Uh, Any final thoughts? No, not a single one. All right. For Doug Gray and Anna Kendrick, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.